Well, hello folks, and welcome to We the People. This is the American Soccer Podcast in which you're going to get to know everything, everything, everything that you need to know about the U.S. Men's National Soccer Team. I'm Clayton. I'm a musician. I'm Ty. I run a web design company. And we love the Nats. Let's go. It's We the People. It's We the People. It's We the People. It's We the People. The games was... We'll get to that. Let's take a moment (laughs) to not bury the lead, as it were. As they say, you know, it goes without saying, today is September 11th. Um, And Mm -hmm. so it's, it's hard to do anything, even soccer, even the Nats without acknowledging uh, what today is and what today means uh, for us as Americans and especially for us, uh, Ty and I, as New Yorkers, you know, Tribeca people, you know. Um, this is something that goes very deep for us and, and as well for, I'm sure, most of our listeners and even people who aren't even American. You know, this is, this is exactly. a, a special day. So, um, yeah, one of the... You know, I kind of just want to open the floor for that and just let that uh, have some breath right now. Ty, where are you at with this? Yeah, um, <clears throat> so I kind of wanted to open the show with a little, uh, a little, a little mini vignette from from my life and and leading back to that history that uh, you were mentioning. We we grew up uh, two blocks, three blocks from the World Trade Towers, so nine eleven was obviously a, a hugely pivotal moment in in our lives. I was thirteen, maybe. 12, 13, so you, and you were a little younger. Um, yeah, I was so 10. It was, yeah, it was, a, it was one of the defining moments of, of both of our lives, and it's something that, you know, it's taken a lot of time to, to heal from, and I, I think we were, we're both in, you know, really good places about it. Um, but I realized something today about my, my experience with 9-11, which was that after, like, immediately after the, the attack, my initial reaction in general as a person was anger. And that anger came out in a lot of different ways, um, particularly this sort of uh, uh, American, America first sort of xenophobic attitude, I want to say, um, about you know, our foreign policy and what we should do to, to protect ourselves and how we should retaliate for, for uh, this attack. And I remember that dug into me so much that, it, 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 that, that anger really uh, changed me and it, it made me a much more and I was, you know, I was a teenager at the time, and, and teenagers are always prone to anger. Um, but I remember that feeling of being just like so, uh, so desperate for action. And one like little moment I have of, of memory was watching the beginning of the Iraq War, and watching, you know, watching cities get bombed by U.S. forces and being joyful, like it was like a sporting event. And I look back on that with with total disgust because. No matter what you think of the war, and there are justified times to go to war, of course, uh, but it's never a joyful thing, right? Right. Um, and so, yeah. a, a, and a, a, my, you know, a lot of my, my teenagehood was was kind of uh, in the the mire of that that emotion. Um, but I realized that you know later in my my teenage years, sort of towards the end of high school, is when I started to really follow the team. And I remember in, in 2002, because the, the games were at four in the morning or whatever, I didn't really 
watch much of it. You know, we were aware of it through our father. But in 2006, the World Cup was in Germany. And I distinctly remember, you know, being a little interested at the beginning of the tournament and then every game getting progressively more interested until the final game against Ghana where the U.S. was knocked out. After that happened, I was, you know, disappointed, uh, but I hadn't really put a lot of energy into it go going in. And so for me, it was actually more of an exciting moment because I realized that I really liked this team and I liked watching them. And I remember that night staying up until like 2, 3 in the morning reading forum threads on my, you know, my uh, early days smartphone, um, starting, <laughs> beginning yeah. the, Ty, the process you're, you're, of obsessing an, about this team. I was going to say, you're an obsessive guy. You know, I'm an obsessive it, guy, and it, and it came out hard it with, the, with the U.S. national team. Yeah. Um, and that was, that was really the beginning of, of my fandom. And that was, you know, uh, that's five years after 9-11. And I realized today, I'd never thought about this or comprehended this, but I realized that those two things are, are really linked for me because... My reaction in anger was all about, it was, it was sort of an Americanism of hatred and of, of lashing out against the things that are wrong in the world. But the Americanism of rooting for the national team is an Americanism of acceptance and inclusion and, and you know, brotherhood and sisterhood with the rest of the world. And especially when it comes to soccer, you know, not only is the sport itself very diverse, you know, we play teams from all over the world and we, we get to encounter those, those cultures when we do that, but our team itself is so diverse. Like, I don't, I don't, I can't even think of a, a professional sports team that is as much a reflection of the, the American demographic as this team, you know. True you, story. You, you have Asian players, yeah. black players, Hispanic players, white players, every, every walk of life, every background, players who grew up in Hawaii, England, Germany, everywhere you can think of. And it's, it's a really beautiful and wonderful picture of America. And I realized that that was a real growth that, that I underwent over those, those years, transitioning from expressing my Americanism in this kind of damaging and toxic way to doing it in this, in this you know, joyful and, and, and happy way. And so when I, you know, I, I came into the stadium um, I left my stuff in the in the press box, and I came down to to watch the anthem, um, and it was a really powerful powerful moment for me. Uh, so I just wanted to share that because I think there's a lot of people who went through things like that um, after 9/11. You know, maybe there's people out there who who uh, were you know, even closer than us or had had even more of a direct uh, impact uh, of that day on their lives. And um, so I never put those two things together. But I think that especially in this, this era where the, the political climate is, is so toxic and people's attitudes towards, towards the other is, is so uh, strained that the, you know, this is the reason why this team matters because this team brings people together. And there are you know, right. pro-Trump people at this game and there are anti-Trump people here and there are people who, who you know, probably can't stand America and people who love America. But we get along, we have a good time, we drink a shit ton of beer, and then we all walk out as friends. That's and right. you know, I was talking to fans after the game, and it was just a, a really poignant and, and, and beautiful moment to see the, this confluence of all these factors uh, coming together. So thanks for letting me uh, spiel there, and, and hopefully that means something to somebody. Thank you for saying thank you, but the truth is, uh, you know, we are the grateful ones. Thank you for sharing your story and the opportunity to to cheer for America in a way that is nonviolent, in a way that is 
um, optimistic, uh, that is aspirational, that is opportunistic, that is, you know, humble, all these things. This is a way in which we can love our country uh, without hatred. And so. And I fucking love it. It's such a great, beautifully flawed country. And I love, yeah, I love that you made that turn in your life. If I may, just a a short addendum to that story is Mm -hmm. there's a 13-year-old boy going through hatred turning into a 16-year-old boy going through, uh, you know, um, passionate, um, nonviolent patriotism. And at the same time, there's a 10-year-old boy who the difference between 10 and 13 is, is, is a lot, right? And so, yeah, right, right. you know, I'm, I'm 10. I have no idea that what the consequences of this day are on that day. I have no right. way to comprehend that. To bring it full circle, bring it full uh, whatever, circle. Then we perspective, have again. whatever perspective you had and went through during 9-11 um, is valid and legitimate. And uh, today we came together on this day to celebrate a team that also is, you know, inclusive of your perspective, right? And so that's what we're Absolutely. grateful for, um, yeah. what wherever you're coming from and whatever that day was for you. So shall we uh, shall talk we? about a couple games? Because it's not just one. It's a cups. We got a cups. We got a cups, dog. Mexico and goddamn Brazil. Mexico and Brazil? Is this real life? How would you prefer to go about it? Well. Yeah. What do you suggest? Why don't, why don't we go through Mexico, and okay. then we'll do some, some quick hits from Brazil. Brazil was much less interesting. Sure, sure, yeah, because yeah. it's Brazil, and Mexico yeah. is Mexico. So let's do a quick game recap of the Mexico game, and uh, rest assured we'll talk about all the things. How about that? Todos los things. <laughs> Todos los things. Uh, basically what happened today, if you did not watch the game, and you're just catching up, and you're on your way to work, or whatever you're doing. Idiot. <laughs> America won tonight, won nothing, but it wasn't uh, the because of skill on the field. It may be because of savvy and gamesmanship. Uh, yeah, we saw yeah. a first half in which Mexico was clearly dominant. And Ty, can you please uh, remind me of the name of the Mexican Messi who's going to be an enormous star? Yes, uh, future thorn in the side of the u.s national team for Diego the next Linus. 20 years diego linus Ooh. okay yeah they, so, I, I, so I was i was welcome. starting to get like fever chills watching this kid oh during God. the game it, it was like it's so stressful this is gonna this be is decades of my life so stressful. watching him torture us this is worse <laughs> seeing that man play that young boy man play is is worse than seeing jonathan gonzalez uh, on the bench right right this exactly. kid is yes. a for real star and so as a soccer fan Super, super excited for the world that this human being exists. As a U.S. fan, shitting my pants. Okay, that's the first half. However, no goals, you know? Miazga, No goals, CCB, not much action. They hold up, yep. not much action. Okay, this kid steals the show. And then second half comes around, I'd say it's 50-50, until in about, uh, I'm going to guess, uh, check me Swami Jurgen, uh, uh, some, somewhere in the 50th minute, Matt Miazga uh, steps up to said, what's his name again? Diego Lainez. I will never remember his name on purpose. It's like my girlfriend's ex-boyfriend. Yeah. I'll just yeah, purposely exactly. never remember. Um, so Miazga steps up to short boy and says, you may be, uh, you know, you may be talented. You may be already professionally successful. You also may be the future of the Mexican team. 
but you're short, and I know you're, you're insecure short, about that. So he straight he goes in. He gets fouled lightly and goes in on on this man's shortness and Napoleon complex, and it works. Okay, the the Mexican team gets riled the fuck up, and then uh, no name youth uh, prospect for Mexico. Uh, catches a red card for trying to retaliate to this. Well, it wasn't it wasn't him who who got the red card. No, it wasn't it wasn't. Yeah, uh, yeah the, no, right. It the, wasn't the, okay, super prospect. So not not it this, was, the no name super prospect who you refused to name, but another <laughs> no, unnamed this actual person who I right, cannot right. remember. Zaldivia. Yeah. yeah. Um, so respect to Zaldivia. Um, uh, all respect. Shout out, Zaldivia. MVP. You're all right. You're all right. You're all right in my book, dog. So there's a red. There's a there's a ready red, ready, ready red, 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 red easy easy red card. Ready red red Skirstein. and then uh, U.S. goes ahead. So what's cool about this goal by the U.S. is that it's Anthony Robinson who comes on natural left foot. I would say, and I think it's hard to argue, best option going forward for left back. Um, hard to argue. Hard to argue. He's 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 solid. Yeah. Yeah, he's good. His upside is very high, and his mm-hmm. downside is good enough. And so, he's 20, 21? Yeah, yeah, man. Dude is good. Uh, puts puts a little dribble on and gets a low cross, low cross, almost nutmegs yes. too. It's like a it's deceptive, but it's it's off it's off balance to the defenders and gives uh, the U.S. strikers a chance. Now, none of the U.S. Uh, attackers were in the mix at all. Who was indeed in the mix is Tyler Adams after running 50 yards at a sprint on an instinct like Derek Jeter going from shortstop to home base. I know, I know. Oh my oh. God, why are you making oh, that Derek choice? the Derek Jeter comparison. I can't believe I haven't thought of that. Dude. He th- is Derek Jeter. He is Derek Jeter. He's Derek Jeter. Man. And he did it tonight. There's no reason. It's not because of his athletical abilities. It's yeah. because he said... Athletical. <laughs> you, you did? <laughs> Athletical. Uh, it's not because of his natural talent. It's because of his mindset. Uh, Tyler Adams sprints exactly, at the right yeah. time and gets to the right place and uh, knocks that shit the fuck home. Tyler Adams, New York Red Bulls, 9-11. First goal ever. This kid's going to be around for a minute. Let's go. Beginning of the future. Game holds out. Oh Gets boring goodness. as shit after that. So uh, that was great, right? Ty, what's your first impressions after this game? Yeah, so it was definitely two matches. Uh, the, the, the first match, the U.S. drew in a, a drab nil-nil affair. Defense was, was solid, I thought, though. I thought that uh, Mexico kind of squandered a lot of the, the good opportunities that the U.S. gave them. Um, the U.S. was really bad in possession. Uh, could not could not string passes together out of the back, couldn't keep possession off of throw-ins. The predominant strategy, as is the case when the U.S. national team is playing badly, is to lump it up to the nine, who in this case is Giassi Zardes, who did a, uh, you know, a, a predictably uh, workmanlike job of trying to get to those balls. But <laughs> if, it's, it's really only maybe 10% of the time that that's going to result in possession for you. So essentially what you're doing is giving away 90% of possession. And worth Um, mentioning is uh, Weston McKenney's injury early on in this game. Weston didn't look right. Uh, The team also played four uh, central midfielders, all of whom have kind of a defensive bent. Why is Kellen Acosta playing right Why is Kellen Acosta playing right wing? It doesn't make any sense. So it was very bizarre. Eric Lehigh had a couple really rough moments. So Eric it was, Lehigh should never play. I thought play a much much worse. Robinson. That um that nil nil the the you know seventy minutes of nil nil soccer 
were probably the worst performance I've seen under Sarakin. Significantly worse than the Brazil I match. I agree. Um, I agree. And this then, is the first. This is the first time I've I've felt that Sarakin wasn't enough. It's a Mexican B team, so most of the most of the games Sarakin has had has been against far greater opposition. Looking at the yeah, lineups, this yeah. is a we should win game. I, I'm 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 team Sarakin. It'll take a, a a little bit more evidence for me to to change my mind because the the thing I like have liked about him so far is that he's kept it simple. But this was not simple. He the the in the first half. Um, they were ostensibly playing four one four one, but Weya can't really play that flat midfield role, and Acosta can't play the wide midfield at role at all. At all. Well, I mean, and, and so he's very totally good at the central mid. Where, like, why when Weston goes out, does does right. Acosta not come into central? Yeah, midfield? exactly. That's exactly I mean, what I thought they were going to do. All credit to Julian Green. Julian Green didn't actually do very. Bad. He he was good he was there, fine, but it, yeah. it makes but, way more sense to put Julian Green out wide and have Acosta. In exactly. It, it should have been after the sub. I assumed what they were going to do was uh, Green Zardes Wea as a three, and then put the yeah. three you know I'm defensive cool midfielders yeah. in in midfield. It was. It's yeah. like this is. It seems so obvious. I don't know. I mean, maybe there's some thought. I don't know. Maybe maybe they wanted to audition Acosta on the wing or something. But I, it's like. What's the motivation for that? And and he was just terrible for for forty minutes. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, I mean, he's, he's like, a, I think he's a he's a great player, and I think he's well worth having on the field because of his uh, his set pieces, which are really great. Yeah, man. Uh, but way um, out, but that's just not where. OP yeah, set like he pieces. he has played decent fullback for the for the U.S. national team and for for the U um, twenties. So like I could see that, but it was just too much to ask. But anyway, so that was game one, which was a bummer. Game two begins with with Matt Miazga clowning Diego Lainez merely for being short. It was like not it's appropriate. So pure. This is the they, this they is got the purest. This is the purest approach to shit talking. Playground. It's, the, it's what works the best. Shit man. talk. Yeah, exactly. And it was like some Materazzi mind game shit. And he, he, I, I was just listening to him in the pre, um, the mix zone talking about it, and he was like, "Yeah, it's like we they were trying to get into our heads. We were trying to get into theirs. We won." Yeah, Miazga, Matt Miazga won this game for us. He, he did because well, yeah, it's, that's that's kind of my conundrum or, or question about it is. You could see it as the 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 player Zaldivia, you know, losing his head and and the, that the U.S. got a gift and the U.S. won the game because of that gift. Or you could look at it that Miazga sort of purposefully engineered this situation so that the U.S. Yeah, would be I don't think in a better by position, no so. by no means do I think Miazga thought that uh, Vialba. I'm so sorry, not getting, <laughs> not getting. The name. Let's just go with that. Uh, thought that, that the the uh, honorable Mexican player was going to get a red card in the way that they did. However, I Miazga has been around the fucking block, dog, and he's been in leagues. He knows that. Shout out Clifton. He knows that. Uh, you know, you can get you get under the team's skin, and something will happen. You know, yep. he doesn't know yep. that this player is going to react in that way, but he knows right. this team is young and mentally weak. They, you know, I'm being outmatched. They are, by, yes, I'm, absolutely. I'm being yeah. outmatched by a ment- uh, physically better player right now, but he's insecure about this, and I'm mentally stronger than him. And his team, right. if 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 his team's best player uh, breaks down, his team will break down. And Miazga, and Miazga knows Miazga, all that. 
all that. Miazga is incredibly mentally strong. He, yeah, man. It's very impressive his how he's adapted to a little bit more of like a in leadership truth, role. It should be expected because all the Francos are very mentally strong. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, they, and they're so talented. <laughs> they, they're very well accomplished. It's, you know, Harvard, yeah, all these things. Right, right, Maybe right. Maybe Yale. Yeah, yeah. I forget the one. Maybe Yale. Maybe NYU. <laughs> one of those. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So um, it's it's a good showing uh, from from a young squad, and we got the fucking W, which matters a lot. Got that dub because uh, it, it, yeah, it's I, I I I'm starting to be swayed to the to the latter narrative that because I'm I'm recalling certain situations in the past, like the 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 infamous deuce face where um yeah baby clint dempsey was making fun of i think it was a jamaican player yeah 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 that was in the montages heavy during the footage because they did okay, clint dempsey yeah. retirement montages so right, they had right, him right. getting his nose broken they had him doing the right. dempsey face <laughs> all the hits they had the hits. they had him scoring early against ghana they had they, right, all right. the hits dog and they even had a short clip of long-haired dempsey um I think if it's all right, Jesus I'd like Dempsey. Jesus Dempsey. I'd like to bring in uh, K Dot for this moment because Dempsey. Yes, please. We, we have a special guest. We've had today. a special guest who's patiently waited this entire sode, folks, uh, just to just to be here, and in truth has been here uh, for all the sodes with you. I'd like to introduce you to Kev Bot, uh, my best friend in Seattle. Kevin, say what's up, dog. Hey, a longtime fan of the podcast. It's just a pleasure to be joining you guys on this, and uh, it was a hell of a game tonight. Deuce is my boy, and I love that montage, and I hope we can find the next Deuce on the field because God knows we're going to need it with these Mexican startups that are coming. Hey. That, that was that was excellent. And uh, I, I have a specific question for Kevin, actually. Um, there was a moment in the second half where Christian Roldan and DeAndre <laughs> yeah. came onto the field <laughs> oh, at yes. once. How oh, did yes. that make you feel? I'll, I'll Seattle, tell you, Seattle because Sounders. I told Clayton in that moment, I said, Oh, we got a current sounder and a former sounder getting on the field right now. And I've got so much pride, not just for the U.S. of A, but Seattle and the Northwest. It was just a beautiful thing. I loved it. I loved for it. Sure. Yes. And for the, noticing... for the listeners at home, my, my buddy Kevin is a lifetime Sounders fan and is a deep uh, you you know American soccer in terms of like MLS and soccer here as well as the Nats fan so that's Kevin, why Kevin that's is why the that solution. was so meaningful. Kevin is the solution because Perfect. we need people who in this country who are, are dedicated lifelong to the sport and who support their local and then you know get to enjoy when that local team has an influence on the national team you know and those yeah. those are those are two guys you know hopefully uh, Yedlin is going to be. Even develop even more into more of a solid lock player for the U.S. Yeah, and, man. Shaq Moore uh, is and, someone. And Christian has all the tools too. So. Shaq Moore is someone we would have been excited about uh, at any time, and he is hoping to be DeAndre Edlin's uh, backup. backup. So right. Seattle yeah. has so much to be proud of. You know, Jordan Morris. Uh, that's a little embarrassing at the moment, but maybe maybe good long term. We'll see. But Roldan, yeah. Roldan, and and. Um, DeAndre Edlin taking the field at the same time is is awesome for this city and also for this nation, man. Um, let's for sure. let's for sure. talk. A, let's zoom out. Just not a zoom lot, a but bit. a little bit. Uh, just to the whole camp, right? So we had another yeah. game. It was versus Brazil. We lost two nothing. Both goals happened in the first half. One of them was a total shutdown early on, uh, in which Douglas Costa just. Absolutely, sons. Pants Robinson. Robinson. Oh my god. <laughs> Which word. I love. Douglas Costa and William is, in my opinion, one of the most underrated 
duos in soccer yes, uh, today. You know, the, these guys are dueling for this same spot for Brazil at an epic time for Brazil. And, you know, Douglas Costa has always played second fiddle, but he's, of course, my, my preferred of the two, right? Absolutely sons Anthony Robinson, gets a little cross in, Brazil scores early, and then they get a penalty kick later on. But that's about it. This wasn't that bad from this uh, young U.S. squad, right? Against not not a firing on all cylinders, like competitive Brazilian team, but a first team Brazilian team. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, th- I think uh, there were a lot of positives from from that match. And namely, I thought that that tactically the U.S. looked looked pretty good. Um, that was that match kind of confirmed for me, like we've talked about the 4-3-3 versus 4-1-4-1 and how the U.S. is going to set up. At, you know, at the very least, for 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 bigger matches, the U.S. should should be in this four one four one. That said, there were a lot of individual errors and a lot of just just you know subpar touches and things like that. And you know, I was realizing during the match um, just how big that gap is between you know the case in point, Anthony Robinson is playing at Wigan, and he's not likely to face many wingers like like Douglas Costa ever. So that uh, that that talent gap does get exposed a little bit in situations like that. But I thought the U.S. played uh, a pretty pretty rigid, pretty sound uh, game plan, and and uh, you know it could have come off. I mean, if if we had we had you know nicked a goal yeah, off of one and, of those half chances, McKenny had McKenny had three half chances. John Brooks had one half chance. I mean, you know, right. this could have been two one very easily. Yeah, pr- precisely. And the you know the, you have to just scratch the penalty because that's just a phantom penalty all day so <laughs> so yeah you know it, it, so, it, i so, thought it was a fine performance but yeah. the thing the the real thing that was uh that struck me about the brazil match was was the crowd and um that was one of the big narratives going into this game um and and the the uh the fan base is vindicated a little bit by the the attendance but it was still still dicey in my opinion um so yeah i, I just to touch on that Briefly, at, at MetLife, they announced it at 32,000. It was not even close to that. I mean, it, I, I think I test, I would have said about 20. Um, and I think also I test, I would say well, 75% and, Brazil. And wasn't that so, in large part, well, was that in any part due to the ticket prices? I, I mean, absolutely, if, yeah. If it's mm-hmm. more Brazil, I don't know. I, how does this break down? Like, the ticket prices clearly are more expensive for this game. You have to pay more to get Brazil to come, so maybe that's understandable. But, Perhaps, right. right. But, um, you know, still there's m- more, less U.S. But you US can't be fans. making your money back. I mean, I, I, the, I just question the economics of it. Like, obviously, I, I don't get access to that information, so it's, it's hard for me to throw stones. But I feel like filling a stadium at a more moderate ticket price would be a more sensible financial proposition because then you make money off of parking and beer and uh, right. jerseys and, not, and then it, not, not to, to mention to even the mention long-term effects those, of, right, exactly, of childhood memories exactly. and, you know, bo- family bonding. And I, I, and I, like I felt that. like it was basically everybody I talked to was noting how sparse the crowd was and the attendance was kind of a big deal at the match today. Um, and you know, when it was announced the it was like, it was like uh, n- notable, piece of data whereas right. it's usually just an anomaly but the the eyes of the press were very much on how many people actually had showed up so here's um, I, here's mm-hmm. kind of where i shake out on this i think it 
probably was a mistake to make the tickets as expensive as they were. However, it's still no excuse for U.S. Uh, being sort of the minority in that in that stadium. You know, Northeast, like there's a lot of soccer fans, just as many who have money as Brazilian fans. Yeah, so, right. Yeah. So well, I that's... think if you fix the ticket thing, you still have the problem of the fan ratio. Right, right. But that's where that's where some more proactive approaches could be really beneficial because. For instance, I feel like if you have a youth team that you should be able to get a uh, a discount to to Hell send yeah, your whole you youth team you to go, go to the game. Free. You know how meaningful yeah. that is for a kid to see Clint Dempsey play? Absolutely. You should go for more than free. They should give you shit. Should you know, you should show you up. They should give you like yeah. a they give you know, you like a, a little US ball and a sticker yeah. and stuff like that. Hell yeah. I mean, and okay, let's take that out of it. Just make it really easy, right? Yeah. What is the cost of getting like five buses of youth teams so that they can just sit in the in the top stand? Like there's there are yeah. players who weren't going to be here anyway. They get to experience the atmosphere. They get to talk to their friends about it at school. Like this is this is pivotal. Like put them in the nosebleeds, man. They they yeah, want to be the, there. Exactly. They want to be there. It's worth it to them to be there. So I, I guess there's some practical considerations, but to me the 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 one and only goal of the U.S. Federation should be getting people to experience the product because the more people experience the product, the more are going to react like I did, you know, when I was a kid and when I, when I developed that love of, of the sport. And sometimes it, it takes that moment of, of, you know, that, that special experience to bring you towards something that ends up being a real a lifelong kind of interest or passion for you. And if, if, if we can provide that to, you know, a hundred kids per friendly, that's mega worth it. It's beyond worth it. And, and I, I don't understand how the, the business proposition doesn't include the so-called long-term customer value, which is like the reason why, you know, uh, cigarette companies made candy versions of their product. You know, we need, <laughs> we need the equivalent, uh, uh, you know, terrible business practice for the U.S. team for, yes, a, for a social because good. it's worth it, man. When it's a good cause, all means are acceptable. Um, so a simple pro- proposition is to get would these just kids be that, in the nosebleeds. That youth teams, like, and that's that's how maybe you mitigate against the the uh, you know or, or try to influence the demographics of the crowd as well like the team can come the coaches bring the team okay maybe the you know parent volunteers bring the team uh that's that's simple and you 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 do it 10 times a friendly and that's that's already adding you know 500 extra people who wouldn't have been there otherwise um and it's it's adding that energy and that that uh that unique quality that that uh, that comes from having actual supporters who are like really into watching the team as, as young youth players most certainly would be every sports experience I had when I was that age was really meaningful to me. So, so it's, uh, that's right. It seems... and, and it's not, I don't think that yes, there's information we don't know, but I also think it's right. totally feasible that there is an under uh, value, uh, an, uh, an underestimation of the value of the cultural Correct. side of things, uh, right. with, with right. this sport in this country, um, yes. uh, within the powers that be yeah. let's yeah. real quick, uh, just because it's an elephant in the room and we don't do this every pod, but, um, you know, given the camp, this camp in general, two games, not bad to, to, you know, lost to, lost to Brazil, win to Mexico, uh, Mexico's B team, 
not bad. Um, is it time to change the coach? Ay, ay, ay. I know. Um, Just give a short answer because we don't need to fucking go on all day about this shit, but I do want to know the, what you the think. The only answer to that question in any circumstance is with whom? <laughs> Greg, Ber- I do Greg not Berhalter. Want... Yes. Replace with Greg Berhalter. Yes? I, 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 I think they're they're relatively equivalent, but I think Berhalter would... would uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's close. You down? Close. One of the Gregs. Maybe I'm down. Greg Van. I'm down with... I'm down with Berhalter, Vanny, um, you know, Jesse Marsh, if he was still around. Yeah, Jesse that, Marsh that, that isn't class. now. But I'm, I don't I'm, want, I'm, uh, I'm down with the yeah. Gregs right now. I mean, I definitely I, I don't take, want um, Bob Bradley. Bob, I motherfucking Bob Bradley has come up recently. I'd, I'd take Schmetzer. One of, the, one of these guys uh, who can just Love me some Seattle. Together. Hey, Kev Bob, what do you think about Schmetzer for the Nats? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> no? No. I'm just saying I would take him. He's at, he's no, apropos. I go, you leave I, him to us. I, I go. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 long time Seattleite, and I don't think he's the man for the job. I go. Well, what, I go. But, Greg's. I go. Greg's. What right. I'm trying to say is, don't hire Louis Van Hall. Oh my God! Yes. For X million dollars a year, it's not worth it. Just get a system guy who is going to execute the system over a long period of time. The reason Burhalter in particular is attractive to me is because. The systems that he has developed at the crew are rather similar to the way that the U.S. has been setting up lately uh, with, with, you know, the press playing out of the back, the 4-3-3 or 4-1-4-1, however you want to look at it. And you see that, you know, in the team today, there's three crew starters in the U.S. starting 11. Um, so there's, there's clearly a, 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 you know, linkage there. I, I think Sarah Ken has done a great job, to be honest, and I... I I don't think the U.S. would be would be harmed by by him staying on. Um, I, I go, just think that uh, yeah. the the one and only thing we have to not do is hire one of these celebrity foreigners. That's right. All every penny that we pay that that blowhard should go <laughs> into building, you know, small sided fields in subway stations. Not to mention know? the advantages of building the American coaching brand. You know, like exactly, that's absolutely. absolutely. Bob Bradley got opportunities yeah. in Europe. Bob Bradley because, got know, opportunities, yeah, because he, right, he got he got the opportunity to to put his mark on a team, and you know, from a U.S. perspective, it was frustrating at times, but from the perspective of the rest of the world, you know, he got us out of a group that uh, above England, you know, first place in a group with England, and that 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 kind of thing sticks with people. So, um, yeah, a- absolutely. For for all of the above reasons, go American. You know, go go for go for one of these MLS guys who's who's uh, proven that that they can they can have success and and just ride ride it out. And and no coaching carousel. Just just no. Stick and to I, a and, guy. And stick and to I, a guy who's going to be predictable and let him yeah. do the thing that you predict. This is the first game where I have not been uh, excited about Sarakin because this is the weakest opposition he's faced, and I. Th- and I just didn't see um, an identity to the attack of this team. Uh, I think oh, okay. I think yeah. Sarakin is great. Would be perfect for the Olympic team. I'd be super happy about that. So get that get work. get one of the Gregs in. Uh, put put the no voice Sarakin uh, on the Olympic team because he fully deserves that and has done a good job with the youths. Um, and then move forward. You know. Right. Right. Yeah. I'm 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 in agreement. But the the one last note there. Uh, in both games, the offense has been terrible. Oh yeah, there has been has zero been offense from Dave Sarakin ever. 
Uh, well, not quite. I mean, I guess, yeah, thinking back on the, the goals and how the goals were scored, it's very few from, you know, open play through strikers, Bobby Wood and Green. Julian Green's goal was, like, pretty fluky, oh, too. Yeah, so. he, he but, has had – he's never – Play, he's never had a team that had a good number nine. I mean, Andre Novakovic. Sure, sure. I mean, it's rough out there. It's like the, it's, the bar it's is kind of rough. Out, well, the, and the, the the trouble with our, you know, this is admittedly a flaw with the system that we're approaching is that we have strikers who really do play better with a partner. You know, they, uh, the both both Wood and and Josie, who I guess would be the two front runners at the moment are, are much more comfortable if they have someone to sort of lay the ball off of and, and run off of and make the, you know, Indeed. make the hard runs and things like that. Indeed. How, and, and, however, yeah. we so, are, we are setting the bed for a true number nine in Josh. We're, we're setting up for, right. For, for Sergeant and the like. Uh, and I think it's the right move despite that, but the, the, you've seen that tremendously in this uh, series of friendlies because you know, the, the Dempsey era is over Pulisic isn't here, and those two were the only U.S. players who who could spark the offense in the last cycle for the whole cycle. So it's it's really uh, it's it's going to be a challenge at playing at at the top level if, if we can't find a way to score a little bit more. Uh, and uh, you know, ideally, we could get to a place where the the attack is in good shape, and then you bring in a Pulisic and and you know, elevate right. it to a totally and different I, level. But right now we're completely dependent on him. And I'm not sure even he alone he, would have been able to, he to alone cannot do it. Ideally yeah. we, I, I'm starting to think we move Weston and Adams back, like back to be a double pivot and have uh Pulisic attempt the number 10 there. Or, you know, um, I, I, yeah, I would uh, just to, Briefly, I would go Weston at the six and then Adams and Pulisic because I think they would interchange really well. And like Adams, like you noted how he he just like sees some geometry that triggers something in his like in his like Vulcan head. And he decides (laughs) to make this 50 yard run. He He likes another time during the during the match. Actually, there he loves angles. God, he uh, there was like a a, a, not even a back pass, but it was just like a pretty innocuous play where Mexico was kind of knocking it around at the back. And, and he, he just noticed, sprinted, slides yeah, he in. Noticed I remember that this something too. was yeah. wrong about it. Yeah. And he, he booked it to the, to the right back yeah, man. and, and he just, almost forced a turnover. Yeah. And it was like, what did you see? It's it, he's, he's a, he's a football genius. He's a, at he's 19, a Mensa. So. He's a Mensa intelligence <laughs> yeah. in a brand. He's like an X an X man. Yeah, dude, the kid is awesome, and I love it because he in a in, and and maybe it wasn't fair for me last so to say we don't know the Dempsey of this era because Tyler Adams, is right in line with that. I mean, the dude, he there's for some reason he's just a winner, and it's but the 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 guy I'm really hoping for is an Obama Yang type, who who will just. Wait for goals, you know. Jamie I, Vardy. I, I appreciate the Jamie Vardy exactly. I appreciate the the thought that you you want to have good combination from your striker, but there's also an element where I want my striker to be kind of an asshole, you know, yeah. in the way that Dempsey was at times. Like, get out of the way. I'm taking this. Thank you. Ball to me, please. Thank you. And he would miss. You know, he'd miss two or three times, and then he'd put one away. Um, and and that's that's I think dramatically missing from this team because that all of the attacking players that we brought into this camp were are, are kind of designed to to be 
supporting players in that in that uh, cast and, and and not necessarily the lead. So uh, that's a big big uh, big challenge going forward. But I think with the full roster, especially if if Josh can kick on at at Vete Bremen. Yeah, man. Uh, we'll be, in, it's, we'll it's be in much better shape. All in on Josh Sargent and someone else who we don't know yet. Uh, what's what's next for uh, this team? What's our next game? Yeah, so the, the U.S. has England and Italy. I don't remember where they are, if they're going to be home or away. Um, but uh, they're going to keep keep on this this uh, big-ass friendly train. And... Uh, and when all you can do is play friendlies, the best thing you can do is schedule hard friendlies. So I'm quite thrilled that, that that's what they're doing. And it's one of the, the big benefits of, of being the United States of America is that even when you have the 21st best soccer team in the world, you can still, uh, you can still swing some, some pretty good invites and, and, and make some good invitations as well. So, so, folks, uh, so that'll be exciting. So folks, we'll be with you for that. Stay with us. Uh, it's been real. Uh, join us at WTP Pod if you're enjoying the podcast and want a little bit more content and more interaction. Uh, follow us on Twitter at WTP Pod. If you uh, like the podcast and you want to help it, go ahead and go to iTunes and rate and review us with five stars. And if you want to put some creative uh, words in there, there's a there's a chance you might end up on the motherfucking show. But uh, anyways, we'll be with you for all the next games. And as a matter of fact, we'll be with you before then. We'll be with you on Monday because we feel like it. Or Tuesday, rather. Or, you know, next week. A day. (laughs) An ambiguous day next week. Um, And uh, the reason is that this is what we do. Let's talk about a little hopes. And fears. For this time. Uh... Uh, following these friendlies, this camp, for our players as they go back to their clubs. A little hopes and fears for this group of players as they go back to their clubs. Um, Kevbot, I know you got a, I know you got a fear on Kevbot. Kevbot, what's your, what's your greatest fear what about the next fear? three weeks for the Nats? Spiders. I want all the players to stay healthy, and that begins with Yedlin because I've seen Yedlin. Take some pretty hard tackles in the EPL. I know it's a physical league, and I just want everybody to stay healthy and get through because these players are developing, and the best thing they can do is stay on the field and get as many minutes as they can. And if Pulisic has shown us anything, it's that we want healthy players that are able to contribute on a weekly basis. It's a true story, man. Pulisic not got a lot of playing time for the Nats in the past year. That's a legitimate fear. Yedlin, crucial player for us going forward. Still, we were saying that four years ago, and we're still saying it. Um, Prayers for no injuries to DeAndre Yedlin. uh, I like the hair, Yedlin. I know it's going to take you a long time to grow it back, but I think you made the right choice. This was a very good look for you, this camp. It it was austere. Austere, but Swag. still sharp and, and creative. Yeah. Um, uh, my, my biggest hope is that uh, DeAndre Yedlin um, grows his hair back fast. No. My biggest hope uh, <laughs> is, that, is that Tyler Adams makes a smooth exit from the MLS. Yes. That's a yes. very yes. difficult thing to do. And this is a crucial moment, right? I think we see a Kellen Acosta who didn't make that move at this moment in Tyler Adams' career. And anything Stalled can him out happen. A little bit. Something something can go wrong, and for Tyler Adams, the sky is the limit. But not if he stays in the MLS forever right. or for another you know cycle of trades. It is time for him to go. He is ready, 
I my biggest hope is for just a smooth exit for Tyler. Just Evans. get excited for that uh, for his big move to Minnesota United. <laughs> God no, God no. It's so it's sad to see. Honestly, it is the a Red little Bulls, sad. To the see. Red Bulls just got mountains of allocation money for yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, sad to see Kellen Acosta no, kind of like plateau in the way that he has. It's it 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 has been it has been sad. I feel like he can he can get it back on track, and I feel like being in a position where he's a leader. In, in Colorado is going to be going to be good for him. Um, still quite a young player as well. So, uh, but yeah, Adams, you know, it's 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 time. I think it's been time, but it's especially great now. You've got a two. I think he went ninety both games. Two really solid performances for the U.S. Clearly one of the first guys on the team sheet for the U.S. And he's nineteen years old. It's absolutely unreal. So I have a one quick hope, a specific hope, which is. Uh, Josh Sargent, start and goal for Vettel Bremen. There we go, because baby. This kid's got to get off the off the starting yeah, block Yeah, let's go, Sarge. And, we need and you. I, I, I want him to feel confident in his first team prospects so that he can join the Nats and not not have to you know play friendlies during the during the break because because it, it's time to start integrating all of our Voltron pieces that we've been storing up <laughs> and create crafting yeah. the the final product that that we're going to start to hone over the next. Uh, over the next 3.5 years on our road to Qatar. That's correct. And I'm sorry, Polly Ariola Nips, you're not part of Voltron. I'm sorry, Julian Green, I'm sorry. you're not part I'm of sorry, Voltron. Julian. But yeah. McKenny, welcome a- in. Adams, welcome the fuck in. And honestly, Josh Sargent, come on in, dog. You got this. You got this. Um, I, I, I like a lot. Ty, anything else for you on this one? So, yeah, on real camp? quick. Um, after after the game, I talked to a bunch of fans, uh, you know, right after about what they thought of, you know, the the game being on 9-11 and some of the, st- the themes that we had touched on. So we'll put in some some clips from that, uh, those conversations, really interesting uh, um, things people said uh, and reflections on on the diversity of, of the U.S. and what that means and, and a, a day like today and how that uh, how it speaks to the American identity. So really cool stuff. Um, and also got some quotes from uh, some players talking about similar topics. So we'll kind of all weave that together and uh, leave you with that uh, little picture of what it was like here at Nissan Stadium. Absolutely. In beautiful and Nashville, Tennessee this evening. Ty and I are grateful for you listening to our perspectives and, and our stories both on soccer and also a little bit about culture. So, so thanks. Thanks for hearing us out on that. Thank um, you for your support. Tell yeah, a friend. Man. If you have a friend who you think might like the show. Yeah, tell him. I'll add him. Let him know, man. Yeah, I know tell you. Them, I know you. You disown them until you. they I'm gonna, listen. I'm going to whisper like ASMR, tell your friend about WTP pod. Repeat that for four hours, and yeah. then you, you'll have an ASMR. Just put it on loop. Yeah. You, you, yeah. you have it there. I'm not going to do any of the rest of the work. Um, All folks, right. I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, when um, the 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 rain clouds clear, I hear Hillary Duff uh, singing that one pop song that she had that got kind of so famous. So talented. So talented. I also love it when uh, you, you you catch a minor break. Maybe you left a twenty in 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 your pocket and then put it through the wash, and you get that twenty back. Uh, maybe maybe you had uh, thirty bucks that your friend Venmoed you for some beers. And it's just sitting there on your Venmo account. And you forgot about it. You know, little bonuses. Bonus Venmo. 
I, I loved it tonight when my close friend Kevin joined us for this epic pod. Uh, you know, Kevin, stay tuned for more KevBot. But I don't love the legendary any... KevBot. <laughs> the ledge, sledgens, <laughs> the sledge. Uh, but I don't love any of that stuff, honestly. Sorry, KevBot, as much as I love the Nats. Let's go, boys! Goodbye, people. It's we the people. It's we the people. It's we the people. It's we the people. Let's start with some fans. So, uh, so, what did it mean to you today to be here at the match? Um, well, I really enjoyed it because it's actually my birthday. Happy birthday! Thank you! Um, so, we kind of did this as like a family thing because, you know, some of us go for USA and some of us go for Mexico. So, to kind of rival between the household was kind of fun. And it was really fun to enjoy. Now I have bragging rights until they play again, which is really nice. So, uh, what went wrong or right with you? How did you become a US fan? Well, I just, I was born in the USA and, you know, I just have a really big passion for the country that, you know, I live in, you know, because of everything that USA has done for us. And even, like, they, they have, they have, yeah, but they, they have to admit, uh, you know, they have to admit how much USA, you know, has done for them, right? Right? Not tonight. Not tonight. Not tonight. Yeah, you're right. Not the you're good. You're good sports. Uh, so, are you from around here in this area? We're from Lovell. Lovell, oh, Kentucky. Okay. Yeah. So you you drove a long way. Yeah. For the match today. Did you get here early? One and a half hours. Okay. Yeah. That's not too bad. Yeah. yeah. But we got like drive to sign it. Right. 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 Yeah. yeah. Um. So the game's on 9/11. What does that date mean to to you all and your family? Do you you know remember where you were when 9/11 happened? What does that represent to you? Um, well, I'm 16, so 9-11 happened 17 years ago, so I wasn't actually born. But um, we actually had a family member in the towers, and luckily she um, got out before, which was, you know, we were very thankful for that, that she's still here today with us. She's very blessed. And, you know, 9-11 was just a very sad, you know, thing, even for the people that weren't here. You know, it... It brought the country together for that year from like what we've heard from adults and stuff. It just, it helped the country become more united. Um, and why do you think the U.S. is such a place where people can, uh, can come together? What is it about the U.S. that allows that? Um, well, the U.S. is based on freedom. And other places and other countries, they don't have the freedoms like we do. You know, and other, like in the Middle East, Women can't do much and, you know, they can't go to school. So that might be, um, like, a motivation for a woman to come here or for people like my stepdad's from Mexico. You know, for him, it might be the opportunities he, he has in Mexico compared to the USA and what he can do for his family because in other countries, they don't have that many options and opportunities. And, um, and it's just, it helps them out a lot because with those economies, they... The economies don't have enough to support the people, so by coming here, you know, they can get jobs and send money back to help support their family, which helps the economy of, like, the world in general. That's an incredible answer. Okay. You're very articulate. It's, it was a pleasure to meet you. What's your Thank name? Mariah. Mariah. And you? Natalie. Nice to meet you both. Nice Thank you very you. much for your time. You're welcome.
Are you all like friends from high yeah. school? Yeah. Yeah. Chicago. 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 And so when you're when you were a kid, if you're Mexican American, you have to choose between rooting for Mexico and rooting for the U.S. How do you make that choice? Oh, I was born in Mexico, so Mexico always got to my heart. But if USA has a good game, they have a good game. And uh, do you root for the U.S. when, you know, in other games, they're at the World Cup or whatever, or is it too disgusting to, to, to attempt that? I was rooting for a USA women's world team, national sure, team. That's a, that's when they idea. won, yeah. I was down in Chicago, uh, Lincoln Park, rooting for them all the way. All right. And um, growing up Mexican-American in, in Chicago, what's that experience like? There's a, a big uh, Mexican-American community there. It's a very diverse city. Can you speak to what that upbringing is like versus being in more homogenous places? We're actually a majority, and uh, Hispanic community is more majority in Chicago. So we always get along. It's very diverse in the suburb area. Uh, we're very diverse, uh, and we also get along with our uh, American friends over <laughs> here. Buddies. Yeah, gringo buddies. And, um, and speaking of like the, the diversity of the U.S. They're playing on 9-11, represents a lot about, about the nature of the country and, the, and our history. What did it mean to you to, to watch a match on this day? I stood up for national anthem, I sang the American national anthem. I'm in the United States, I love my country, so I'll support them any way I can. Yeah, same like, uh, it's the same thing, man, because just being on 9-11, I honestly didn't even know the game was on. 9-11 until like we got here and I was like, oh shit, the game's in like two days. <laughs> and just seeing the flag out there waving everything was a great, it was a great experience to see. And Thank you to our military's uh, personnel, really appreciate it. We wouldn't be here safe without them. It's always giving it them props. It was a good props. experience. Nashville treated us well out here. All right, all right, I love it. Thank you guys so much for your time. You're yeah. amazing. Thank you. Thanks, man. Thanks. I'm not a hardcore U.S. fan. I'm just, I'm well, just you're not. you're here. I, I'm so here. That's, that's I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm club first, country second. Um, so to me, seeing seeing soccer fans was the most important thing, and seeing seeing folks are like, yeah, Nashville soccer fun, and then seeing green and red versus red, white, and blue was exciting because we can sing together for Nashville soccer club matches and then sing against each other for country matches. Like, club and country can live hand in hand. And My, except for that guy that's in the French shirt right there. <laughs> Here we go, Matt Miazga. Is he all right? Am I okay? Um, so, it was a very kind of diverse backline today. It had Cameron, obviously grew up in England, yeah. yourself to, you know, background here. How do you kind of bring people together on a backline like that when you're not used to playing each other, you're from different cultures? How do you... Um, to be fair, we, we're used to playing with each other. We played a lot in youth, me, right. Cam, me, Cam, and Shaq. So it was no different on the senior team. We're just more experienced now. And uh, yeah, we're, we're, I think they were all Americans. So we represent the badge the best way we can every time we're on the pitch. What did it mean, especially on 9-11? Oh yeah, great. Obviously, it was a big game. We're playing our rival on a on a memorable on a on a obviously sad day, but a memorable day where we can honor our uh, our vets and our military and our and our uh, police department and the fire department that did so well to to, to help at 9/11. Especially being from Clifton, you, you must have had memories from that day. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I was young when it happened, so I don't remember much. But I just remember going out of school earlier and then watching it on TV, and then I remember that moment. I didn't know what was going on, and then obviously after 
you get older and you realize what had happened. So. Matt, what what, what did you guys see? It's normal. We we we, uh, we talk a little smack. It's part of the game. Uh, we uh, it's mental warfare. They got we got in their heads. They got a red card right after it, and then you saw what happened. We took control and, and we won the game. Are you showing showing him how tall he actually is? <laughs> just a little joking. Just a little joking. But uh, but yeah, uh, I guess it was kind of funny if you look at it from the media perspective. Say that again. Yeah, of course. I mean, obviously, um, it was kind of like a 50-50 game, and uh, it kind of brought more energy out of us uh, towards the end of the game, and then you can see that they couldn't handle it, and they got a, they got a red card right after, and then we took control and scored the goal. Say that again? What is my opinion of the Mexican team? Oh, yeah, they're a good team. They uh, made it difficult for us today, but uh, we fought through and we won the game. I just explained it. Did you hear? Yeah. Okay. What do you think of the Mexican players? I mean, he's young, raw. Who? Yeah, I don't really. I didn't know. I didn't. I, I didn't know any of them. I didn't know any of them. Okay. So you didn't, you didn't like stand out. I don't. Not really. I didn't. Well, you could see him obviously. I mean, he was uh, the, the kid that. Oh uh, yeah, he was a nice little tricky player. He's a good player. I mean, everyone's a good player. We're all, we're all professionals. Uh, but it doesn't matter what they do. It matters what us, the U.S., do. How we put the game on our terms and how we how we fight and how we uh, play football. It's your boy, Zach Stefan. Zach, real quick. Uh, it's a very diverse group overall, and especially diverse backline tonight. Uh, how do you, as a goalkeeper, how do you kind of bind things together and develop a, a, a consistency to the way that the team plays? I mean, you work a lot in training and, and communication, and you have conversations off the ball after. After the play's dead in training, and, and you you find out what uh, what the players like and what they don't like, and, and what they want to hear out from me, um, and it's it's tough when we have a short turnaround, and, and there's all it's a lot of different guys, but um, we're professional and, and we work through it. And we're celebrating some things about the U.S. today, um, even thinking back over tragedy. Uh, the U.S. obviously a very diverse place. When you're coming into groups like this, how does that that culture sort of um, help you help you kind of adapt to each other and be nice to each other? I mean, yeah. I mean, America is there's it's a it's a melting pot of, of all different cultures and, and people, and um, that's what the national team is. That's what our club teams are like. So I mean, it's we don't really look at that. We we welcome everybody in, and then we we try and become a team as much as possible. Thanks a lot. Will trap. Let me get to play Mexico. It's a special day. Um, to be playing on 9/11 is, is even more um, powerful, emotional, um, exciting. I think for all of us as players, because what that day means to our country, uh, what it symbolizes in terms of um, what happened, as well as the heroism that came out of it. So it's an exciting opportunity for us.